the U.S. Congress gets motivated to legislate IT security, and the Government Accountability Office issues a comprehensive report on the Internet of Things. These stories coming up on the ISMG Security Report. Hello, I'm Eric Chabro. We begin today's report with a look at steps the U.S. federal government, specifically the Congress, is taking to tighten cyber defenses in the wake of a number of attacks, including the WannaCry ransomware assaults. First off, the House of Representatives approved earlier this week by a voice vote the Modernizing Government Technology Act. Its supporters contend modernizing IT would strengthen the security of the government's information systems. Here is one of the bill's sponsors, Democratic Representative Jerry Connolly of Virginia. Speaking on the House floor just before the vote, Connolly listed a series of cyber attacks against the government and private sector, including the WannaCry ransomware attack. And he says bad actors have repeatedly targeted federal IT. Those attacks often succeed because federal computer systems are so outdated that they cannot implement network defenses as basic as encryption. Some legacy systems go back a half a century. The federal government spends nearly $60 billion a year sustaining its existing IT systems when agencies are forced to spend nearly 80% of that to maintain legacy computer systems. They have fewer resources to modernize and reinvest. As a result, agencies cannot afford to invest in the modern technologies that other large enterprises need to survive. Many federal agencies do not use cloud computing to help secure computer networks and improve our ability to deliver services to the American people. The MGT Act of 2017 will help our cyber defenders protect our most important digital resources. The legislation would establish a regime to allow federal agencies to reinvest savings they realize from buying newer, more secure technologies, employing cloud computing services that are deemed more secure, and utilizing secured shared IT services into additional IT modernization efforts. The bill's prime sponsor, Republican Representative Will Hurd of Texas, explains. Savings obtained by federal agencies by doing things like streamlining IT systems, replacing legacy products, and transitioning to cloud computing can be placed in a working capital fund that can be accessed for up to three years for further modernization efforts. This approach eliminates the traditional use it or lose it approach that has plagued government technology for decades. This approach to technology investments will transform government technology by keeping our information and digital infrastructure secure from cyber attacks while saving billions of taxpayer dollars. The House Approved Modernizing Government Technology Act goes to the Senate, where similar legislation has been introduced. So far, neither a hearing nor vote on the legislation has been scheduled by the Senate Homeland Security and Governmental Affairs Committee. Elsewhere in Congress, lawmakers are proposing legislation to overhaul the federal government's disclosure policies following the largest ever ransomware outbreak. As ISMG security and technology editor Jeremy Kirk explains, a stolen National Security Agency exploit fueled the WannaCry ransomware attacks that targeted some 200,000 computers worldwide. The proposed bill is called Protecting Our Ability to Counter Hacking Act, or the Patch Act. It would have the Department of Homeland Security chair an interagency review board to create a more consistent policy around vulnerability disclosure. 
The WannaCry ransomware, which analysts say may have links to a North Korean group, hampered trains in Germany, locked up UK National Health Service computers, and shut down Renault vehicle factories in Europe. The attack is estimated to cost organizations hundreds of millions of dollars. In a statement, Representative Ted Lieu, a Democrat from California, said, Last week's global WannaCry ransomware attack, based on NSA malware, was a stark reminder that hoarding technological vulnerabilities to develop offensive weapons comes with significant risks to our own economy and national security. The U.S. already has a procedure to notify the technology industry of software problems called the Vulnerabilities Equities Process. The White House promised to reinvigorate the program in April 2014 after suspicions that the government held back information about the open SSL vulnerability called Heartbleed. The VEP has still been criticized as opaque, and it's unclear who's benefiting from it. The recent leaks of software exploits have shown that U.S. technology vendors are often unaware of the flaws until the information has become public. Then it's a scramble to issue patches before hackers strike. The Patch Act intends to supply that critical information sooner to vendors, reducing the risk to the public. As the internet becomes more important for communication and commerce, spy agencies such as the NSA and CIA rely on software flaws to collect intelligence from foreign adversaries. Often those techniques rely on so-called zero-day software flaws, which have not been fixed by a vendor. Some computer security experts and civil liberty watchdogs have argued that maintaining such stockpiles of vulnerabilities puts people and companies at risk. They contend that spying benefits are far outweighed by chances that cybercriminals or other nation-states may be using the flaws. The Patch Act is in early stages and will be introduced into the Senate. It is supported by a bipartisan group of lawmakers in both houses. As the fallout from WannaCry continues, the bill will likely face a fierce debate pitting spy agencies against the software industry. For Information Security Media Group, I'm Jeremy Kirk. You're listening to the ISMG Security Report on ISMG Radio. ISMG, your number one source for information security news. The investigative arm of the U.S. government, the Government Accountability Office, has published a technology assessment of the Internet of Things. The report explores the status and implications of an increasingly connected world. Analyzing the information security aspect of the report is my colleague, Healthcare Info Security Executive Editor, Marianne Kolbesak-McGee. Hi, Marianne. Hi, Eric. This report isn't the typical GAO audit. That's right, Eric. The GAO reviewed key reports and scientific literature and convened two expert meetings with the assistance of the National Academies. The National Academies are independent research arms of the federal government. GAO also interviewed officials from the Federal Trade Commission and the Federal Communications Commission to obtain their views on specific implications of IoT. Ten federal agencies and 12 experts reviewed the draft report, with some providing technical comments. What did the GAO report say about IoT security? IoT devices are vulnerable to attacks involving DDoS, structured query language injection, passive wiretapping, malware, zero-day exploits, and war driving. GAO describes war driving as the method of driving through cities and neighborhoods with a wireless-equipped computer, sometimes with a powerful antenna, searching for unsecured wireless networks. IoT devices are diverse. Wearable fitness trackers and other health-related devices, as well as smart cars, tractors, houses, energy, and manufacturing systems. 
The report points out that the rapid and pervasive adoption of IoT devices, the lack of attention in designing them to be secure, and the predominant use of cloud computing to provide connectivity with these devices pose unique information security challenges that may limit broader adoption of the IoT. Gregory Wilshinson is the GAO Information Security Issues Director, and he co-authored the report. He says that the responsibility of securing the data used by IoT devices rests in part with individual users or the IT security organizations that have these devices on their networks. In a GAO podcast, Wilshinson says those responsible for securing the data these devices use must balance the benefits the devices offer and the security challenges they present. There's a give and take, as there always is with security and some of the operational benefits, but there is a need for the individual to be able to assure that his or her information or the organization's information is being adequately protected throughout each of those steps from the devices all the way to where they may be stored in the cloud environment. And particularly with agencies, entities that have arrangements with cloud service providers, they need to make sure that the responsibilities for securing the information are clearly laid out between what the cloud service provider is responsible for and what the individual entity or individual is responsible for because it's not always the same from cloud service provider to cloud service provider or even cloud service environment to cloud service environment. Of course, Marianne, end users have limits on what they can do to secure the data used by IoT devices. That's right, Eric. The big challenge facing IoT security is to get manufacturers to bake in security into the devices they make. But there are technical barriers, such as interoperability, that make securing IoT devices difficult. More importantly, though, until there's a financial incentive to make IoT devices secure, many, if not most, manufacturers will not be motivated to bake in security. Thanks, Marianne. You're welcome, Eric. Finally. Here are some numbers from Reuters tied to the WannaCry ransomware attack. According to a survey conducted for the news service by the security rating service BitSight, two-thirds of those victimized by WannaCry were running Microsoft's Windows 7 operating system and did not have the latest security updates. Yet Windows 7 represents less than half of the global distribution of Windows PC users. Windows 10 is the latest version of Microsoft's operating system, and as a comparison, only 15% of computers affected by WannaCry ran Windows 10. According to data provided to Reuters by the threat intelligence firm Crypto's Logic, half of all internet addresses corrupted by WannaCry were located in China and Russia. By contrast, the United States accounted for 7% of WannaCry infections, while Britain, France, and Germany each represented just 2% of WannaCry attacks. That's the ISMG Security Report. Our theme is by Ithaca Audio. I'm Eric Chabro. Catch you next time.